Welcome to the Podcock PCAST. I'm your host, the only Tyler Peacock on the program. Back again, Luke, always right. Howdy ho. And uh, Bobby Russell, back again. What it do, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's, let's talk about our teams to start off first segment. Uh, Luke, uh, Michigan guy, Steelers guy, uh, real quick. What happened this weekend? Uh, Your thoughts? I want to start with Michigan, and then we can go into the Steelers, and me and Bobby can kind of talk about the Steelers together since we're both Steelers fans. But uh, Michigan, uh, it's Illinois. kind of doesn't matter. A little bit of a letdown there in the third quarter, but really, you know, just get out of there with a win, in my opinion. And uh, the game that matters, uh, Penn State, this coming weekend um, is the one that I'm looking forward to. So a little bit of a letdown last weekend. It was a hot start, but, you know, we showed signs that we can be good, and we showed, you know, the same signs that – show that we are a very vulnerable vulnerable football team so <clears throat> uh this week will tell the you know tell it all though against Penn State at Penn State uh, as far as the Steelers go uh I love this uh Doug Hodges kid out of uh Stanford um I love his story uh, I think he's uh I think he's just a gamer he has an it factor and I hope that uh he gets another shot to start here in a couple weeks after the bye week yeah I'll piggyback on that with the Steelers there Doug he surprised me he came out he was always confident. He stood tall in the pocket there for the longest times, too. And they were doing the same thing they did with Mason that first week where they'd get the ball out to the running back, like three-yard passes here and there. But it, it works. And then when the defense is playing like a steel curtain defense again, it's tough to stop them. Absolutely. The Steelers are just a good football team. And, they're very, you know, the AFC North is very fortunate that they're a two-win team right now because they could easily be a four- or five-win team. Outside of the Patriots game, I think the Steelers were a better football team in all the other games. So, Oh, yeah, definitely. It's uh, The AFC North wide open. I hope this Devlin, <clears throat> Devlin Hodges uh, can continue to uh, continue to play. And I think he's going to be a good story here in the future for the NFL. I think he's going to be a fan favorite, uh, kind of like in, in a different way, but uh, like uh, – the Minshaw kid out of Jacksonville. So that's what I'm hoping. That, that's, that's, you know, that's a, that's a stretch, but uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with that. I think, I think, he, I think he can be that good. And uh, I'm excited to see what the future holds for the Steelers. There's still a shot at the AFC North. And definitely yeah. with that, the, they got what well, the easiest schedule left the rest of the year in the NFL entirely. I mean, you got two games with the Browns, which would be good games. One more game with the Baltimore. And then, Basically, the Rams. That's that's the toughest game you got left there. And then you got the Cardinals in there, the Dolphins on Monday night, Bengals again, Jets, Bills. It could easily be an eight, nine win team without our starting Hall of Fame quarterback. And all the controversy in the offseason and everything like that. So it's, uh, you know, I'm excited for it. I think, I think eight wins, nine wins will win the AFC North. They could. Without a doubt, especially Baltimore still has all their tough games. They got they had Arizona and Miami week one and two, and everybody was all on the Baltimore boat. But now it's kind of like Lamar's back on the earth. Their defense isn't as good as what it was. And like I said, AFC North wide open. Yep. Well, let's, let, that's kind of a good segue. Um, we'll just kind of recap the NFL here. Um, Marcus Peters, he gets traded yesterday to the Ravens to try to help bolster their – Terrible secondary. I know they've had some injuries and stuff like that, but uh, hasn't been a good spot for them. And I was thinking, what the hell are the Rams doing? They're not punting on the season. A couple hours later, they make the trade two first and a fourth to get Jalen Ramsey in the fold. Um, I guess, Bobby, I'll start with you here first. Just your take on uh, both players and um, do you think wins kind of the – the trade for Baltimore or uh, the Rams? I, I Honestly, I think the Rams win that with Baltimore there. Getting rid of Peters, he I, he hasn't been the best this year. He's kind of been a letdown from what he was in Kansas City. And to be able to get rid of him and gain some assets and then to turn around and get rid of a couple first-round picks, you're going to be picking in pick 25 through 32 next couple years anyways to get – arguably the top corner in the game right now, someone who's completely healthy. He's just been sitting out these last few weeks. Um, I think he's going to make a huge difference as soon as he steps in this first game, and our defense is going to be picking it up, and that's going to create a lot of problems in the NFC West there the next few weeks. But when it comes to the Ramsey trade, uh, Jacksonville definitely took that. Um, I just think if, if Coughlin can get a good next two drafts, if he's still around, um, I think it'll prove worthy. 
I, I agree with Bobby. I think I think Jacksonville won that trade to get two first rounders and uh, is it a fourth you said or a second? Fourth. A fourth. I mean, you 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 know, there's always a chance of the steal, but uh, these days, man, corners there's you can get a steal. I, I don't know. I feel like they're going to be able to replace that with two first round draft picks. I think Jacksonville won that trade. He wanted out anyway. I don't like Jalen Ramsey as much. He can play football, but I, I don't know. It's, it's it's not his game. I think he's just odd that I don't like. It's, you know what I mean? I just don't like him because I feel like he's a little odd. Um, nothing to do with his game. He's, you know, he's a great football player, but I still think Jacksonville won the trade. And it's good yeah, for the Rams I, right now, too, because, the, you know, the Rams are obviously competing for a Super Bowl, and that's a that's a big-time name to throw in, uh, you know, throw in the back of the jersey of a team that's, you know, still in the mix. Well, I think it helps the Rams more because Peters is more of a zone guy. Um, he's a good route jumper, but he's just a classic zone cover corner. Or not a cover corner, a zone corner. Uh, Ramsey, he's a, he's a man-to-man corner. That's kind of the Rams style. That's what Wade Phillips wants to do. So I think it's a really good fit there. And plus, they put Tlaib on the IR earlier in the week. I think he's eligible to come back week 15 of the year. So they definitely needed – um, a number one type corner, and if you look at their division with San Francisco and Seattle both playing really well, they got to kind of keep their head above water. So I think it was like the perfect time to make that bold of a move. Plus, this has been the Rams the last couple of years. They've kind of been that all-in team, um, making trades, big free agent signings. Um, they're all in. They're trying to get a Super Bowl. So you know, I commend them for uh, for doing that. Correct, and I think at this point already in the season, they're they're competing for a wild card spot. Um, there's just I, you know, obviously shit can happen, but I I just feel like the Rams are they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to be a wild card team. I, I think they're Seattle and San Francisco are two. They're I don't think I don't they're not going to lose too many games to where it'll. They're both of those teams. I don't think the chances of them giving it up um, will not happen. I think the Rams will be a, a wild card slot. And that could be a big wild card weekend. They could be going back to New Orleans for that first game of the weekend there. Yeah. Or, or, or playing somebody within their division. So, I mean, it's uh, – it is. It is. Whoever at the – NFC is going to be pretty stacked this year. Yeah. Um, I guess the other big takeaway from the NFL, not, not too many games really stood out, honestly. It's early. But – just the officiating. And I'm not a big, like, rip on the officials guy. Um, I know, especially us being college football fans, we see bad officiating. Um, across the board, doesn't matter which conference you follow. But, I mean, you would think the NFL would have, you know, the best of the best. And the Chiefs-Texans game, it came down to a controversial no call. Um, the two hands to the face calls in the Monday night game, that one against the Lions, uh, those are just a couple examples. I, I mean, what the fuck? I guess that's my question. Right, and and you got an organization like the Lions that, you know, they kind of need these wins for their morale. And they do. They, they, they that guy. I, I, there was a tweet I read that there that guy had been called for how, so many games he hasn't been called he's been called for uh two hands to the face or something like that they were both that game so like they're just trying to say that that player never you know does hands to the face and both of them were bullshit um and, and that, like, oh, that exact never- that exact same play where he got that penalty on that big one the offensive lineman that tackle has his hand just in the same way in his face a screen grab exactly. of that, right in the same way if you're going to call it one way you got to call it both ways that's going to be offsetting there Exactly. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's it's, it is frustrating, man. You know, like you you love this game, you're a fan, and it's something like that taken away from it. And I feel like it's just the the NFL is just with with everything that they're doing with roles and penalties and everything like that is just it's hurting the game with their own stipulations that they're putting with with their own roles. They're hurting themselves. You know what I mean? It's. Right, and I don't, I don't know how to explain that exactly, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't want to be the guy that kind of looks back at things, but you look back to the the Steelers Seahawks game when with with a new pass interference challenge rule where Pittsburgh got one overturned that wasn't called on the field, and it kind of set Seattle up for a touchdown. And then against Baltimore, the uh, roughing the passer on Lamar Jackson, which was I, I can see where they're coming from from keeping 
people off quarterback's legs hitting him low. But when the guy's already going down and the offensive lineman's pushing him in the back and he's already going down, he has nowhere else to go. He just You can see him physically let up too. But that's two big calls and two game-swinging calls that could have resulted in wins for Pittsburgh when they were down. I'm going to touch base on that too, and it's mostly with Lamar Jackson. But electrifying, and he's so hard to tackle, and you never know when he's going to cut up or do this and do that. There was a 15-yard penalty thrown on Pittsburgh in the first half when they got called for a roughing uh, or a late hit or roughing or whatever. And I feel like it was like with him, it's kind, it's it's yeah. If if he didn't, if he did let up, who knows if he wouldn't have you know cut up another time doing the same thing and, and got 15 more yards, you know, running the ball. Like I feel like that role shouldn't really be, you know, like with Lamar Jackson, it's I don't know that that role really benefits him because. You know, if you do let up at all and he pump fakes because yeah. you thought he was going to throw, and then next thing you know, he's gone. Like, it's, uh, it's, it's, it just, that role benefits him a lot the most. Yeah. That, considering he's the worst thrower, too. That exact play, he, he's still in bounds when I think it was Stefan Tuitt who just barely pushed him out of bounds and he goes flying. I mean, you're a 320 pound man going against a 180 pound quarterback. I mean, that's just simple physics there, but that was, it was to it. So, you know, the exact play I'm talking about yeah. at the time is just shitty. So, well, my, my last point on this is, like, we're seeing, you know, a few states here and a few states there pop up with legalized sports wagering and stuff like that. And, you know, some people think that, you know, in the future, there'll be, like, an NFL app where you can just bet games from the app, you know, the, the NFL finally cave and be like, oh, here's another revenue stream. Let's take some, some, some money from gambling. But... You know, when some of these games are literally coming down to a no call or a call and you see money, I don't know. It's just it, – it's unsettling. I guess that's my major point on it. It's just – I don't know. It could be a slippery slope. Maybe this was like the tip of the iceberg this season. I think there's just too much like – there's too many voices in like these officials' heads now too. Like, you know, they got the review center – elsewhere or like in New York now. So, you know, they got somebody in their headset all the time. Um, you know, I, it's not surprising, but I wish somehow they'd clean it up. I don't have the answer for it, obviously, but, you know, I think, um, you know, this could just be it getting worse before it gets better type situation. There was a guy touching base on, uh, touching base on that. Um, I believe it was Tuesday, um, yesterday. Uh, it was an old backup quarterback, I believe, from the Detroit Lions. He was talking about just have a guy in a booth that, like, when they come together for a penalty real quick, it's immediate over the headset, like, hey, no, no foul right there. There's no holding, no flag on the play. Let's go. Let's roll with it. Instead of it being – or there was no hands to the face, you know, no flag on the play. It can be so quick, and you know, if it's, you know, 100% uh, conclusive evidence that it's not a penalty, it can be made just like that faster than like a fumble and everything like that like hey that's that you know that's a bullshit call pick the flag up let's roll on um just you know i, I feel like something like that can be done because like it's it just seems like the the refs you know sometimes i don't know sometimes those mistakes though in the past they're, they're part of football and they're part of what makes the game great but now it's just all the time and it's kind of not making the game great you know what i mean so oh yeah it gives my point it's more you know uh, maybe it's just because we're getting older and we're realizing it, but it feels more like business than it does a game anymore. And then right. when you you, right. you involve right. you know legalized gambling, when actual money that people work for um, is up in the balance, and you know nobody's making people gamble, you know that's a choice, personal choice. But um, I just think it it could lead to some kind of small, you know, not a revolt or something, but something a little less. I don't know. I really don't know how to explain it, though. But, you know, I I think it could be, you know, bad, just a bad optic for the National Football League. But um, if you guys want to move on, we can recap uh, some of the college action from the last weekend. Okay, um, Bobby, I guess you could talk about your Irish here first. They played in one of the big uh, games of the last week. Yeah, that was, I mean, rivalry game for us, the biggest one, but the best intersectional rivalry in college football history. 
Um, going into the game, it started out all Irish. I mean, we go up 20 to three after coming out in the for, uh, second half, first kickoff, 20 to three. I'm sitting there um, just enjoying a few bush lights and I'm on top of the world. And all of a sudden, our defense forgets how to cover and they end up coming back. And, you know, it, it, showed, it showed a lot of moxie. Um, I, I'd like to talk about the Irish a little bit. They get the ball back with 10 minutes to go and we're up by six points. And Seven-minute drive, 75 yards, 15 plays, run the ball 14 out of 15 times. And that just showed that, you know, we have a great team this year. I mean, I think this is a better team this year than we were last year when we were the playoff team. We just caught that unlucky break with the George game this year. Um, this, this is the best team I've seen ever since I've been watching Notre Dame. Um, best team since the Lou Holtz era from year to year. I mean, Kelly's got it all turned around. He's made changes within the program, made changes to the culture there, kind of bring it into the 21st century. And it, it's starting to show now. And right now, I think, I think we've got one of the best situations in college football right now. If, if we went out 11 and one, you know, not, not all these, not three SEC teams are going to go 12 and one or 13 or no, and make it through the SEC championship. We went out. If all these teams start to gather losses, I mean, if it comes down to it, I think Notre Dame, a one-loss Notre Dame, would get in over a one-loss Pac-12 Oregon champion. I think. I I believe I, that as well. I agree with that. Um, well, speaking of Georgia, uh, just kind of an upset out of the clouds. I mean, we were down in Patrick's uh, dad's basement watching Texas, Oklahoma, and off to the side TV, ESPN's on, and then. You know, late fourth quarter, somebody looks and they're like, South Carolina's lined up for a field goal to take the lead. It wasn't even close, but game goes to overtime, um, double overtime, and there's three points scored in the entire overtime. Georgia, four turnovers. Um, my take is, I'll start, is Kirby and whoever is in charge of the offense, like, Georgia's so talented to me. But, man, they have not been aggressive or nearly aggressive enough offensively, I feel like, this season. And, you know, I kind of picked – or I did pick them to win the national championship this year. Um, That looks totally wrong right now. I don't even know if they'll get to the SEC championship. Uh, Luke, what's your your takeaway from that? The Georgia game, man, that – my biggest takeaway from that game is that kicker coming in and all I've seen him do is be the best kicker I've ever seen since uh, Nugent at Ohio State, and the dude came in and missed a gimme. Um, Blankenship is his name, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was my biggest takeaway from that. Anywho, um, they remind me of Michigan right now. Just kind of not playing to their potential. Um, Look, just a boring offensive output and – they better get shit together before their upcoming games. Uh, obviously, that loss means absolutely nothing because if they win out, um, they're going to be in the SEC championship game and have a chance to beat LSU or Alabama and go. You know, I mean, whoever wins the SEC championship game is going to is going to the college football playoff. That's just that's just how it is. So it was kind of you know one of their free losses, and as long as they win out, they'll be uh, they'll be all right. But they better get shit together quick. Yeah, uh, Bobby, your take there. Yeah, I mean, two double overtime game. That was that was a great game. I mean, I mean, I wasn't really watching Texas Oklahoma. It was it was kind of a boring Texas Oklahoma game. So this, I was more interested in this game. I mean, you see it come across the ticker, seventeen to ten, South Carolina. Fromm's throwing three interceptions, a couple pick sixes. You're like, all right, let's put this on. And you bring up Blankenship missing the gimme there. What I, you, you can't forgive the South Carolina kicker. I mean, obviously he comes back and hits, hits more than the second overtime, but to get the interception in the first overtime and then have from the left hash mark as a right footed kicker, you just line that up and you just put it through with your eyes closed. If you're classic, good kicker. Um, luckily he goes able to come back and get that. It sucks for me watching it because there, there goes our quality loss, but at the same time, that's what makes college football great is that even you don't even think about that. in that moment, you're just like, yeah, let's see this upset. Let's see a team who's been down on their luck for the past three years, been the, in the basement of the SEC East, just toppled Georgia, and it just creates a ripple effect throughout the entire college football. And I think that's what's the greatest about this sport, and especially at this level. Absolutely, I think ultimately, I think ultimately it helps you guys, uh, Notre Dame, um, because 
I think you want to. Uh, uh, what am I looking for here? I think you want Georgia to have two losses. If they have two losses, if they have if they had one loss and it was only the SEC championship game, they could they would have George. You would have Georgia over your head if Alabama or LSU was an undefeated SEC champion, and then Georgia's only loss was in the SEC championship game to one of those. Georgia would be ahead of you, even though you was a one loss team because of the head to head. So I think that loss is going to benefit you in the future because I think Georgia will have two losses, maybe three, and no matter what, they'll be behind you. Um, so you get what I'm saying there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with that. I mean, Georgia still has to play Auburn, and they still have to play Florida. I mean, I, I don't really, I don't know if the East versus West games count towards like the SEC East thing. They do. But I mean, if they lose to Auburn, beat Florida, ended up going to uh, the SEC championship. I mean, that, that, that's perfect right there. Don't sleep on, um, I mean, I guess you can a little bit, but don't sleep on, uh, Georgia. Um, November 9th, they got Missouri coming into, uh, to Athens. Um, you know, that, I mean, uh, Missouri's not great, but Kelly Bryant's there. They've been playing all right. So I would say that'd be a quality win too. Not a great win, but yeah, there's three, Three more, or, uh, three more opportunities, I think. And my confidence, like I said, is shook with uh, Georgia now. But there's three opportunities um, all right in a row. November 2nd, Florida, the cocktail party, the 9th, Missouri. Then they go to Auburn, the 16th. And then they go to A&M. The, uh, well, no, not to him. They go to A&M. Or A&M comes to them the 23rd. So, November, a murderer's row for Georgia. Um, Red River, real quick. Yeah. I, I mean, Oklahoma – had control of that whole game the whole time. Never thought for one second Texas will win that game. Uh, shout out to Texas for getting me that backdoor cover. But, I mean, yeah, any anything to add there, guys? Yeah, I feel like if Ellinger was on Oklahoma, they'd be the best team in the nation. Um, Hurts hurt them. Uh, a few drives there, just turn the ball over with sloppy play and, and trying to force some things and trying to do too much. Um other than that, Oklahoma has a defense this year. That Lamb dude is one of my favorite players. I love a do-it-all wide receiver like that that can just make plays. And that he's phenomenal. He's the he's the best wide receiver in the nation, and um, it's it's it helps so much. You can just toss a dude like that the ball and just let him do him. Um, Oklahoma's for real. Nobody's going to test them from here on out. Maybe Texas in the uh, um, Big Twelve championship game, but. I mean, I don't know. Texas hurt themselves, too. They kind of couldn't get out of their own way with drops on deep balls and across the middle and everything. But Oklahoma was in control, and they look to uh, already have, you know, that, that that's wrapped up. They're, they're the Big 12 champs. Yeah, you, you mentioned Texas defense, too. They are great, aside from three CeeDee Lamb touchdowns where they had six dudes around them, and they just, just fell off him like he was wearing Crisco. It, it was tough to watch that. Pathetic excuse for tackling there. I think Texas will – well, I think ultimately they'll end up playing Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship rematch again, um, just like it used to be, always be. But two under, under the radar games for Oklahoma, don't sleep on Iowa State when they play. Uh, yeah. That's always a tough game there for Oklahoma. And then Baylor quietly – Next week after that. Yep. Baylor quietly a top 15 team right now. I'm, their schedule set up for them to be 6-0, 7-0 right now, but – I think Matt Rule, he's a real good coach, and I think he's got them set up for success. And, you know, that could be one where Oklahoma's looking ahead or just like, all right, we can coach till the Big 12 championship, and Baylor could sneak up on them. I think that'll be the biggest – those two games right there will be the biggest chance for upstate for Oklahoma. Baylor, that's, they have a really good quarterback and a really good defense too. Um, they just speak like Texas Tech, um, but they have some time to grow as a football team and get a little better before they face Oklahoma. And like you said, I think I can see that. I would not be shocked. Little surprise, but I would not be shocked if Baylor beat uh, Oklahoma. I just think a, a good defense like Baylor's, uh, somebody that can put a lot of pressure on Hurts and uh, force him to be wild. He, uh, I think it's doable. It is doable. I just, you know, it's it's just easy to roll your dice with uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, they'll. I mean, they'll be obviously be favored uh, the rest of the way in all their games throughout the regular season. But I agree with you, Bobby. I was uh, I flipped right to their page in my field still just to see the schedule on those two. Back-to-back games in mid-November uh, could be um, trip-up games, but you know those are uh, a few weeks away. Uh, final game of the week, I guess we'll recap or close out the recap here was uh, LSU Florida. Um, fun game, entertaining game. Uh, still mad at Florida for trying that kind of cute trick reverse when I needed a backdoor touchdown instead. I got the push there. That's just me being selfish, but. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, LSU, they just needed one stop the way their offense was going. Uh, I was surprised Florida looked that good offensively, honestly. I know, um, you know, LSU's defense, some of the advanced metrics are good. Others, the regular metrics are not. But you guys have any takeaways on that? Bobby, I'll start with you. Yeah, L- LSU's offense, the best. They're the best in the SEC. They're the best in the country right now, I believe. Uh, Joey and the receivers there, it's just – he he can stand in the pocket. He's confident. He's cocky, and he's just leading them. Their defense is good enough right now to get that one stop, like you talk about. Um, I think that Alabama LSU game. Um, I wish that was a night game. I think it's going to be a three thirty game because uh, CBS made the the Irish Irish and Georgia game the night game. They won the year they get, but that's going to be game of the year right there. I think, and you know. It, if, if things fall the right way, this could end up like a few years ago when Alabama and LSU played to a nine to six game in the regular season and end up meeting in the national championship again. I mean, I could see that happening for sure, especially if Alabama is like one and LSU gets in as a three. It, it's that's how it's shaping up to be for me. And Florida, I think they're going to be set up for the next two years. Emory Jones, um, I think once he gets more time with Dan Mullen and more time as the go-to guy and not going back and forth between the sideline and into the field, he's going to step up and be really good. I think that Florida team's going to be a top five team here in the next five years. Dude, they got, they got some dudes on the outside too. Um, you know, Pitts, the sophomore tight end's a matchup nightmare. Uh, Van Jefferson, I know he's gone. He's a senior after this year, but he was, he was unguardable. Uh, Luke, any, uh, any final thoughts on the LSU Florida game? Love Joe Burrow. Um, the Moxie's there, and um, I think they're going to take down Alabama. But what I don't like about that Alabama-LSU game, I feel like if one, whoever loses that game, if they win out – okay, if, if Alabama loses that game and they win out, they're, they're going to put him – they're going to put Saban in Alabama. They're going to put two SEC teams in the, uh, in the college football playoff, and I, I don't think that would be quite fair. So, yep. I hope – I mean – that's my takeaway is we're going to have, you know, possibly two SEC teams in the college football playoff. I just hope they don't eliminate a one-loss Big Ten champ or something like that for it. Well, so. I think I think the only hope for you for not wanting that would be Oklahoma stays clean, Ohio State or Wisconsin or Penn State stay clean in the Big Ten, and then Clemson stays clean. So you'd have three undefeated conference champs. And then you take the SEC champ. I think that would be your four right now. I mean that the the, the likelihood of that happening, um, you know, it's tough obviously to go unscathed through a college football season. So um, you know, probably not great odds, but uh, we'll see. All right, you guys ready to get into some um, some games here for this week coming up? Absolutely. All right, uh, college football kind of slim pickings and. Usually when I see a week like this uh, where there's not a lot of marquee matchups, I think um, maybe chaos could break out. But uh, I guess we got three main games I've uh, circled here. Uh, We'll start Pac-12 Network. Nobody really has it around here. But um, number 17, Arizona State, 5-1 will go in the Utes Hall. The Utes, 13th in the country. They're also 5-1. Six Eastern kick, Utah currently a 14-point favorite. Um, I wouldn't bet this game. Gun to head, I'll take Utah. I, I think them at home with their defense gets it done. But um, what do you say, Luke? I'll start with you. Uh, Utah's been a tough team for some years now. They're very disciplined, uh, hard-nosed football team. Uh, they're more consistent than Arizona State. I don't quite I, – I don't know. I, I like what uh, Coach Herm Edwards is doing down there, but it's – I, I don't know. Utah Utah's just been – I don't know. They've been that – they win these type of games in the past four or five years, and I don't know about 14 at home, but Utah's a very underrated program, uh, especially in, in the whole nation, let alone in the Pac-12. Um, I'm, I'm just going to roll with Utah and say I do a money line bet, and I say they, uh, they'll win the game outright. Yeah, what, what, did, what did Herm Edwards say? He played to win the game. Mm-hmm. I, they're going to be in the game. I, I think, like you said, the 14 points, that's a lot. Arizona State, I think they will definitely cover that. Uh, but Utah being at home, that's such a tough place to play, especially that – I mean, it's 6 o'clock p.m., so it would be, what, 
four, three or four there. Mm-hmm. It'll be it'll be a tough place to play. It'd be tougher if it was a night game there. Um, Utah's a crazy place for however it's perceived by everyone else. Um, just the college itself there. They've always been one of my favorite teams to watch, too. I mean, ever since, like, go back to when they had Urban Meyer and Alex Smith there. And then you go back to uh, when they came into Michigan. I think it was, like, around 2007. And they came in there and played them and beat them at Michigan. And they're just really one of those slept-on teams that, you know, they have that one bad break. They lost to USC. But they could easily be a top 10, top 5 team, I think. In the Pac-12, man, they're a very – I don't know if you, anybody's watched Utah this year, but they're they're a very good football team, and then uh, I could see them winning out and uh, taking the Pac-12. Um, you know, like and, and fit, I, nobody, no Pac-12 one loss or even maybe even an undefeated Pac-12 champ. But anyway, obviously Utah would be a one loss Pac-12 champ. They wouldn't get in at all, but they'd finish in the top ten and be respected, and it would help them as a program and put some more eyes on them. But we'll see. Yeah, everybody in the Pac-12 has a loss. I kind of crossed them off. Well, I did cross them off after Oregon lost Auburn in the opener. Just thought that did. killed the whole conference. But uh, speaking of Oregon, we'll get to game number two, a rivalry game number twelve. Oregon five and one. They go into Husky Stadium, take on the twenty uh, fifth ranked Washington Huskies. Three thirty Eastern ABC. Oregon three point road favorite here. Um, Oregon. Four touchdowns they've given up on the season. Oregon, usually known for their offense. Um, they got the best scoring defense in the country this year. Uh, Bobby, I'll start with you. Uh, do you have a play here? If not, what's your uh, opinion, thought on this one? Um, Oregon is going to exceed the three there. Uh, I think they're just too much for Washington to handle. Oregon, they got their speed back. They're, they're back to doing what they were doing when Chip Kelly was there. Um, Herbert, um, he looks – pretty good i mean he was decent in that opening game against auburn since then he settled down he's just commanding the field he's seeing it everywhere he's got the the vision cone from madden that's that's how he's playing right now (laughs) and i i think they're going to exceed that and washington's a tough place to play but i mean oregon's just too much for the rest of the pac-12 north i'm going to go ahead and i'm going to take washington i like uh i like the maturity of uh jacob eason um He's still starting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, though I know he got hurt in one of the games of the – I don't know if – I didn't know if it was, you know, for a certain amount of time or just that game or what. But, anywho, um, I like his maturity level. Oregon, like like you guys said, they actually have a defense this year. But at Washington, it's just – I don't know if you guys have ever been to Washington. It's just – it's uh, – it's a is it a night game? No, 3.30. It's actually – that's actually 12.30 kick out there. Oh, well, never mind. Um. Hmm. I'm still going to roll with Washington and uh, the the maturity level of uh, Eason. I think he's going to control the game and uh, come out on top. Money line, they win straight up. Fuck the points. Yeah, I I think. Um, well, I know UW. It's a tough place to get a win. Um, it's just man, Washington's been inconsistent this year. Kind of a roller coaster team, um, and the only other elite defense they played. This year was Cal. Cal beat them, so I think Oregon could slow them down um, enough. Um, I wouldn't bet this game now, just because it's a, like I said, it's a rivalry game, and I'm leaning towards Oregon. But then again, the head coach matchup: Chris Peterson versus Mario Cristobal. Uh, I would favor Peterson in that one, so I'm just kind of over the map when it comes to making a play here. But I say Oregon wins. I feel like Oregon. Um, well, in the Chip Kelly era, just dominated Washington. And um, I don't know. I always have that in the, in the back of my head that Oregon dominates Washington nowadays. But um, we'll see. So um, we'll move on. Uh, just just real quick before we get to me and Luke's Super Bowl of the week. Uh, Clemson going to Louisville. Noon kickoff. Any Any chance of an upset there? No, absolutely not. Clemson, it's time for Clemson to kick it in. I've always been, I've, you know, I've been on Clemson's dick from the beginning. Um, they just, they kind of reminded me of the high state, uh, high state teams of the past where, you know, they might struggle against some of the lesser competition, but when, when push comes to shove, they're going to, they're going to show up and be, uh, be ready to go. And I think they're just going to start turning on the jets and getting things going and blow out the rest of that uh, ACC. Yeah, Clemson's, they got their feet kicked up. They got 
they got coffee on the burner. They're 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 just waiting until the ACC championship where they may see a test from a Virginia. Um, it's Clemson's just got it too easy. They, there's nobody in the ACC that can touch them. I know Wake Forest is decent this year. Virginia looks pretty good. It's but Clemson's got too many athletes. I actually – the only reason I brought that up, I have a lock on this game. I got the over 60-and-a-half in this one. I think Clemson gets the mid-40s by themselves. And uh, Louisville recently, I mean, they put 62 on Wake. Um, I'm not saying they're going to score 40 even, let alone 60 on Clemson. But if you just get teens, a low 20 number out of out of uh, Louisville here, I think you hit the over – Rather easily. Um, High State at Northwestern, no chance there. Uh, Baylor at Oklahoma State, 4 o'clock Eastern kick. Any chance there? Well, oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. well, Oklahoma State can put up some points. And uh, Baylor is still a little untested. They just beat Texas Tech, who beat Oklahoma State. Um, I think Oklahoma – it's – I, I don't know. I'm going to roll with Baylor, but a, a chance? I, I say that's a 50-50 ball game. Well, I, sure. actually, it's not really – I shouldn't even have said this. It's a lock, but I completely forgot. I'm just looking at the ESPN app. But uh, actually, Oklahoma State's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. So, Vegas wouldn't even – it's an upset. According to the rankings, uh, Vegas says otherwise. So, yeah. But I, yeah. I, I got Okie State minus the three-and-a-half. I think they won that game. Uh, this one, this is one where I would do, I would go the three and a half for Baylor on this one. I think Baylor's going to walk in there and just walk all over him. And then the over under 68, there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Uh, looking at just like total yards, Oklahoma's almost 530. Baylor's almost 500. Um, they're passing offenses. They're, they're the classic, um, rip it and grip it. Yeah, and it's, there's going to be a lot of points scored. They're going to hit the over, and then I think Baylor's going to cover that three and a half there. It'll be, I think, Baylor by 10 in this one. Oh, all right. right, lock off here. Or, um, I don't <laughs> know if you're locking that in, but uh, okay, that's cool. Um, let's see. Florida goes to South Carolina. I think the Gators will be uh, – they'll be ready since South Carolina beat Georgia. Um, Auburn goes to Arkansas. Arkansas terrible. LSU at Mississippi State, any chance there? No. Mm-hmm. Chance, yeah, but do I think it happens? Absolutely not. I, I think LSU gets off to a slow start just because they're coming off the high from beating Florida. Uh, Starkville's tough place to play. It could be hot. It could be cold there. You never know with Mississippi weather. Uh, but LSU, after the first quarter, just runs away with it. Because the Mississippi girl won't change her ways. Yikes. Uh, I guess the last ranked team I see on the road, uh, well, yeah, Boise at BYU late Saturday night. I mean, I don't know. I, like I said, I keep looking for, like, a, to call my shot with an upset here. and It's going to be a big Mormon showdown. I just, yeah. Oh, that's Idaho. Never mind. Boise's in Idaho. My uh, geographies. There might be yeah. a Mormon or two in Idaho. Oh, I bet so. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this week with college football, this is this is the typical week of college football. I like to call the apple picking week. Is this is the weekend? There's no good games on. This is where you go do all the stupid stuff that your wife or girlfriend wants to do, like apple picking. So. Uh, what? That's a, Penn State hosting Michigan. Well, that's, um, a, that's a nice I mean, game. If, if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> That's a night game. Let's let's get to that game, uh, Bobby. Um, I'll have you uh, start us off here. Um, number sixteen, Michigan, five and one at number seven, Penn State, six and zero. Oh. Seven thirty Eastern Time, ABC, Whiteout. Uh, currently, Penn State. It says is an eight and a half point favorite. Bobby, go ahead. What's your thoughts here? Yeah, I'll be quick on this one since you guys got the, the Michigan angle covered on this. Uh, if Michigan, if they wear if they wear their uh, yellow pants, I think they they just dominate them. They can put on the white pants. I, I hate the all white look, especially if it's going to be a whiteout. The yellow just kind of it's a classic Michigan look: white jersey, yellow pants, and then the winged helmet. I think Michigan rolls on this one. Um, Penn State hasn't shown me enough, especially playing Iowa close. I know it was Iowa's a good team. 
But after the way they started out the first few weeks, Penn State, and then slowing down last week, um, it's just not going to be enough. Michigan's going to take this one, and they're going to be um, ready for the Irish game after this one. I think uh, the Wisconsin game humbled me as a fan. Same with the high state game last year. So I, 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 I don't know. There's definitely a, a, definitely a chance Penn State wins the game. It's just after watching Penn State the last couple of weeks and our defense, the way our defense is coming along, I think we put – and with what Iowa did to, did to Penn State, this quarterback's not going to be able to handle our defense. And I know they're going to try to cross us up, but every team has tried to do that this year, and we've gotten better at it as the games go on. Like, you know I mean? We're just – practicing basically and I think that's just a you know a gift because that's what a high state does to us every year they're usually the only team that does it and uh, now everybody's doing it and you know as the as the season's gone on we've gotten better at covering it um so anyway I think we're going to be ready for uh ready for that I think Harbaugh owns Franklin there's that one game um when we had our worst year ever and they had their best year ever and blah 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 but our defense is going to be too much for them um, our offense just needs to click a little bit. That's what I'm worried about. And, and anybody who's watching Michigan football play, they, you know, there's some, there's some big play signs because we have the talent to do it, but there needs to be more consistency. There needs to be drives. There needs to be a uh, moxie with, with Shea at quarterback. He looks like he's rattled mentally. And after watching him be so efficient last year, it's, it's, it's hard to watch. You know, it, it just seems mental, but I don't know if it's just a quarterback thing. I think the whole offense needs to, uh, Step it up another gear, and um, I think they do enough. I think the, I think if I think the over under for Michigan to win the game, I think if they score, I'm going to say 20, 24 points, wins in the game. If Michigan goes over twenty, if it goes over twenty point range, I think they're going to be you know fifty fifty. If they score twenty four or more, I think they definitely win the game. Uh, the total just uh, for those playing at home, it's forty seven even on this one. Um, I I don't know. I'm just in a bad foul mood with Michigan football right now. Um, none of the wins this year have even been remotely enjoyable, like viewing experiences. Nope. I mean, it's it, it's it's the truth. Um, I think this could be. Th- I think this goes one of two ways. Um, I think it's a defensive struggle uh, that is a coin flip, and then I would favor Penn State just because they have the home field advantage here. Uh, or I think they kind of wreck us, honestly. I'm hoping I'm completely wrong on both fronts. Um, I just don't have any trust. Like you said, Luke, it could be a mental thing with Shea, but he just, like, bugs out of, like, clean pockets, throwing off his back foot, uh, not taking check downs, um, just just kind of the simple quarterback plays, like the game manager plays he made last year. It's not there. Um Michigan has fumbled the ball 17 times this year and have lost eight of them. I mean, there's teams in college football that won't have 17 fumbles all season. We've already done that in half of the schedule. Um, Our defense is championship level good. Uh, Offensive special teams, not organized, not fundamental anymore. It's not fun. Um, So, yeah, I'm just in a foul spot with us. And last point I'll make, I think, with the line here, I think Vegas is begging you to take Michigan with being eight and a half. Um, it's kind of a big number for two top 16 teams in the Big Ten. You would think that line would be a little closer. Um, maybe at the biggest it would be like five. But, um, yeah, I think uh, Vegas is kind of hitting around. This could be a blowout, so that's kind of why I think it could be. But hopefully I'm completely wrong. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I wouldn't bet this game. I don't bet against my team. But um, I think to totally go against your theory there, Vegas Vegas sets the spread on the public so they can get their ten percent. So they, what, where they said it isn't anything about what they think is going to happen. It's it's where they think the public's going to bet. Well, they, they, they it, the it opened at seven and immediately jumped to nine nine and a half. And now it's come down to eight and a half. Uh, that just means that everybody pounded Penn State, like people like me and you and blah blah blah. So everybody's it just tells you the nation believes in Penn State and they don't believe in Michigan. Um, right. I just I don't see anything from Penn State. The the team, the Penn State that I've seen that like our defense is going to handle them. But I also think that their defense can handle our offense. But I think our offense presents more potential, more big play threats, and uh, you know just more talent, more talent everywhere. I like Har- Harbaugh as a coach, and you know I'll give you a couple points at Penn State, but 
at Penn State was never a thing. It, it, it came out of nowhere. It, it, it all of a sudden was a thing when they blocked Ohio State's kick when JT Barrett went in there and they upset Ohio State. And all of a sudden, Penn State's the toughest place to play in the nation. That whole entire game, that place was dead, boring. And then all of a sudden, boom, one play, and now at Penn State. <laughs> and what, what solidified that was was uh, th- th- them beating Michigan's ass. But that was a terrible Michigan football team. They had Saquon Barkley, and it was just, it was their night. And Don Brown gives up one of those games a year. Every year, he gives up one of those games where he just gets annihilated. We already gave that up this year. And I think our defense is exactly where I said they would be. They, they wouldn't be as dominant as last year, but they would make more plays as far as turnovers and interceptions and defensive touchdowns and stuff like that. I like this defense, and uh, I think they're going to be too much for Penn State, and, and Mich- Michigan gets it done. I guess my only hope is college football's. I feel like more so than ever, it's a week-to-week sport, and maybe either by fluke or by chance or – it, it it becomes our night, I guess it would be our hope. Offensively, I you know I totally agree with you on the right. defensive thing. It's just you know if our offense can't sustain drives, can't score on big plays, get first downs and stuff like that, I just think fumble yeah, the ball. I yeah, mean, yeah. If they it's do that def- shit, they're going to get beat. Yeah, it's deflating. You know, as a defensive player, to be like, God damn it! Like I want to give sip a Gatorade here, and I got to put my helmet back on go back out there and try to get a stop on a short field. Like, it, it'd be maddening, totally for sure. But like I said, uh, so Luke, let me get this right, not afraid of the wideout. Luke versus the wideout might be the title of this show. And Bobby, <laughs> I, I would like to – I would think you really don't give a shit about either. You hate Michigan, but you would rather see Michigan oh. win because next week that makes that a bigger game. And a resume better. Exactly, and it's good. Notre Dame needs that for their resume, and uh, I hope we win too. Because here's the thing: if I if we win this game, all of a sudden next week, I think this game's fifty fifty. As of right now, I give Michigan about a 35 percent chance to beat Notre Dame. If they win at Penn State, I, agree with I think that hops yeah. to a fifty. I, I it hops to a fifty fifty game. Um, it'd be it'd be a shot in the arm like for not only the team but just the the alumni, the fan base. Uh, to get this win, Harbaugh one and nine uh, against top ten teams at Michigan. So uh, you know, I guess we're due in a sense. Maybe not, but uh, we'll see. Uh, in this game for a few weeks now, so I guess we're here. Nah, whatever happens, I'm already dead inside. So <laughs> fuck it. Um. Anyway, I guess that rounds out the college. Lineup NFL. We don't have to go in depth with these uh, too big. Just a few games um, want to touch on. Um, Vikings at the Lions, one o'clock Sunday. Any uh, any thoughts, opinions? Uh, minutes- yeah, I'm an, I'm an adopted uh, Lions fan. Someone after living up there for so many years. Um, I'm going to roll with the Lions on a big comeback win. I think this team's going to show they're going to show some. Uh, just they're they're gonna show some resiliency and and I, it's a, it's they could easily afford it already with the with the the way they've lost their last couple games with the Chiefs uh, on some bullshit and then again with the Packers and just the what the Lions are and, and how sports are in Michigan right now it would be so easy for them to fold and give up but I think this Lions team is different and I think there's something about them and I think they come out and they beat a Vikings team that just came out and gave one of their best showings in a long time so. Um, I'm going to roll with the Lions. I'm excited to see the game. Yeah, this one, the, the football gods, they giveth, giveth and they taketh. Uh, last week, Kirk Cousins finally had a huge game to save his ass in Minnesota, and the Lions got screwed over in Green Bay. Flip-flop it this week. Lions going to take this one. Uh, I could see this possibly being Lions giving up three points, seven-point game with their defense, and then only having to score you know, 17, 24 points and winning this game outright. Right. Yeah, um, I never mentioned it. But Minnesota, uh, a point and a half favorite on the road right there in that one. So uh, Lions would have some juice uh, with the spread and on the money line. Uh, Raiders off a of bye week, they're three and two. They go into Green Bay, take on the Pack. Um, are you guys sipping the Gruden Kool Aid this week or Pack Roll? Yeah, I, I love I love John Gruden, uh, former Muskingum one year attendee, Muskingum College <laughs> out there. Uh, I, Raiders, they've, they've been a pleasant surprise for me. I mean, after watching the debacle that was hard knocks this year and then kind of see him what happened with AB and all that garbage, 
they've been consistent. I mean, Derek Carr is not going to set the world on fire, but he's going to lead a team. And Josh Jacobs has been well worth a first-round pick. And their defense is pretty damn good. I mean, they're missing Abram in the back end, but I think the Raiders, they're going to come. I think the Raiders still want here from Green Bay. Green Bay is going to be overlooking them. I think after playing them in the preseason, there should be like, you know, this, it's not the same team that you saw there. And Oakland steals one here, I believe. And I'm going to take the over in this one. Uh, 46 and a half is what I saw that last. Yeah. Uh, Packers, four and a half point favorites uh, on the spread. Luke, Pack, Raiders. I'm going to roll with uh... – I'm going to roll with it. It's, it's just way safer to go with Aaron Rodgers. If I was a betting man, I would roll with Green Bay, money line. It's just safer to pick them to, to win this type of game. But I wouldn't be surprised. And I think Oakland's playing with a little bit of urgency. And it's, you know, it's time for them to start winning some games. I feel like they kind of, you know, a, a, a bad, rough start for them just with the AD bullshit. And, you know, that's, that's more on AD than it was them. But, um, I, I, I want to see Oakland win, and I hope that they do. And I think they'll play a good football te- a, a good football game. I think it'll be close, but I, it's just safer to take Green Bay. Uh, all right, Colts uh, host the Texans. Uh, pick them right now. Um, I, I mean, I'm kind of – I don't know where to go with this one because I kind of like the Colts a little bit. I uh, kind of feel bad for them having Andrew Luck retire right before the season, but uh, – I'm on the Deshaun Watson as a uh, god train right now. So, um, I guess coin flip, I'll take the Texans. Uh, Luke, your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to roll with the Texans. I actually think they win kind of big. Uh, the Colts are just forcing people to play ugly football and get out of their game. I feel like Deshaun Watson is uh, he's about as he's about as good as they come, dude. I really like him. Um, I like what Stephen A. said about him being as good as Patrick Holmes, and it's just in a different way. It's not as electrifying and fun to watch, but it, as far as a, a a professional franchise quarterback, he's going to get the job done just as much as Mahomes will, and maybe even more. Um, I like uh, I like Watson. I like Houston, and uh, I'm going to roll with them. Uh, lock it up. Oh, all right, Bobby. Yeah, this one, um, Colts at home. I think they're a tough team to play at home when, um, when they're a good team. Um, their offense um, has been a lot better than last year. I think they're a lot better with Brissett than they were with Andrew Luck. Marlon Mack stepped up, and then they got the best lineman in the league, the best all-around lineman with Quentin Nelson right now. The dude is just a freaking monster. I do miss him at Notre Dame very much. Um, Colts, I think, got to take this one. Uh, Colts, they need this one. If they want to stay in the AFC South race, um, I think if they lose this one, Houston runs away with it. I mean, there's one more matchup the rest of the year, but this is kind of one of those tone-setting games where you want to come out, smack them in the mouth, let them know you're not going to be little brother anymore since Houston has been winning the South the last few years. Uh, but I think Colts take this one. All right. A uh, couple four twenty-five kicks. Uh, Saints at the Bears. Bears three and two off and by. Saints five and one on the year. Um, Bears three point favorite. Um, man, I don't know what Trubisky's status is. I think I would take the the Saints with the points. Uh, they're just their defense is good. Uh, Trump Payton's doing a great job, not putting too much on Teddy's plate. Uh, Bobby, Luke, your guys' thoughts here. I, I think this would all depends with, on. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Good. Okay, I'm gonna roll with Chicago. It's just I, I, no other reason than this. Is, just seems like one of those weird games where you think you should take the Saints, but shit just fucking happens and the Bears come out on top. I'm gonna roll with the Bears. Uh, you know, it's it's New Orleans has got to go clear up north. It's a different atmosphere, different uh, different style. I, I just I don't know. It's just a weird one, and and I'm gonna take the Bears straight up money line, no no spread or anything like that. But I think they went out right. Yeah, for me, this one all depends for me on who's playing quarterback for the Bears. Is Trubisky playing or is Chase Daniel playing? Uh, I think if Trubisky's playing, um, combine that with the bear weather coming off Lake Michigan there. Uh, it's been real cold up here in the Midwest, and it's probably going to be cold again on Sunday out there. And New Orleans not used to typical playing on that. They're a dome team. They're a south team. Um, I think Chicago wins this one. I'm going to take the under on this one. It's 38 if I'm looking at right now. Uh, I think this is – this is a 17-10 game. I like that. And I think it's going to be one of those ugly kind of like the Bears-Vikings game type style. And and it, I, I like the under on that too. All right. Uh, I guess the NFL game of the week, Ravens 
four and two go in the Seattle take on the five and one Seahawks four twenty five Eastern Fox game of the week uh, Seahawks three and a half point fades. Um, I just don't know how you bet against Russell Wilson right now, but that's that's where I'm at with this one. Uh, Luke, what do you think? Go ahead and repeat that. I lost you for a real quick second. So I was saying fuck off. No, uh, <laughs> what I said, uh, you can't. I can't bet against Russell Wilson right now. Uh, Ravens go into Seattle. Seattle's three and a half point favorite. What's oh, your thoughts? God. Lock, lock, lock Seattle up. Um, Lamar Jackson, he's only been good versus terrible defenses. The Steelers somewhat owned him. He was like 138 yards and three interceptions. And then they did the same thing versus the Browns. He's beat the Bengals. He's beat Miami. He's beat Arizona. Woo-bitty-woo. He's beat the worst defenses in football. And he's going to go out to Seattle. You get the five, six-hour flight from Baltimore. Time change. It's going to be rocking out there. Seattle's got a great fan base, and it's, you know, plus it's Russell Wilson. This is just easy. Lock this up. If I was out in Vegas, I'd put big money on the money line. Baltimore has no chance. Bobby. Yeah, uh, Seattle for no other reason than I just need Baltimore to keep losing so Pittsburgh stays in the FC North race. Russell Wilson's looking like the MVP the first half of the season right now. Uh, I still don't think he's thrown an interception. Um, it's going to continue this week. He's going to carve up the Ravens' secondary. Um, DK Metcalf has actually learned how to run a route instead of just running straight. Um, <laughs> Seattle, uh, Seattle, big in this one. All right, final NFL game: uh, Eagles, Cowboys, NFC East rivals. Sunday night football. Uh, Dallas, your you know status quo field goal home favorite uh, on the spread. Uh, again, a coin flip game. Dallas hasn't beat anybody. That's good. Uh, Philly's been inconsistent. Um, kind of a huge game for the divisional race already this part of the year. Bobby, uh, I'll start with you here. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go uh, this one. Uh, Eagles fly, Eagles fly. My in-laws live in Philadelphia, um, so I know what kind of fandom they have out there. It's, it's, it's cool to see the other side of Pennsylvania from the Steelers' perspective. Um, Eagles, they're going to win this one. Um, I think they're going to get – Things going right now. This is where they win. This is the start of you know three, four game win streak for the Eagles, and they take the uh, NFC East. There, Dallas started out great, and then they just haven't been able to figure it out. There's too much going on. I mean, being America's team, um, don't know if we can really call them that anymore. Everybody's always looking at them, always speculating. Um, I think Dallas is just too much internal, and then. Zeke Elliott hasn't been playing worth a shit either. He hasn't. I, That's I what got... I was going to get to. Until they, until he, until Zeke starts eating, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be sold on the Cowboys. Uh, I'm going to roll the Eagles as well. And Zeke, he's just, I don't know if he's just not in game shape yet or or what, but he doesn't. It just doesn't look the same. No, I, I mean, I think like Dalvin Cook looks like Zeke did. His rookie year, second. I mean, seriously, Dalvin Cook breaks like a big round every game. Uh, Zeke used to be like that. I don't, I don't know if it's game shape or not, but you would think we're what this is week seven. Maybe he starts it as form now, but I don't know. I don't know if Dallas ain't that good up front. Um, I would, I wouldn't bet this game, but I think on the head, I'm, I'm with you guys here. Um, I'll take the Eagles. All right, uh, last bit of business. We'll get to. Uh, some locks, um, and I actually have a fantasy sleeper for a daily fantasy this week. So, Go ahead and give it to me. I've been killing a daily fantasy. All right. So my locks already said Oklahoma State minus three and a half, Clemson, Louisville over 60 and a half, and my final one, kind of a low or short card this week. I have the New York Jets plus 10 Monday night. Uh, New England comes into the house. Um, call me crazy betting against the Patriots, but uh, New England's offense, uh, Brady, I don't know. Uh, could be the end. Watch him throw for 500 now, but uh, I like the way Darnold looked in his first game back. Jets defensively, they hate New England, so I think it'll be a, a nice crowd Monday night. So um, I'm too big of a pussy to get money line there, so I'll take the 10 points. And um, my fantasy sleeper, I like Alan Lazar the uh, rookie wide receiver, Iowa State. He's a Packer now. Looked it up on FanDuel. You can get him for 4500 bucks in your daily fantasy lineups. Uh, but Adam's status still kind of questionable. We're up in the air, limited. 
whatever he is. Um, I think they've started to use Lazard a little bit. Um, at the end of that, at at the end of that Lions game, man, they fed him hard. Yeah, and I think that's just going to con- continue to carry over. Uh, and Rodgers build a little rapport going forward. He's a big, big target, uh, so he could be a red zone threat too. So uh, that's uh, good value. And uh, start, uh, that's my card. Let's start adding some some fantasy sleepers or something with daily fantasy. I'm going to go ahead and throw one out there. I want to say Tate, the wide receiver for Cincinnati, with Ross going down on the IR, uh, Tyler Eifert not being the same as he used to be. Um, he's a good second target off of uh, Boyd from out of pit uh, for, for Andy Dalton. He got, I believe he got 12 targets last week. He's still very cheap. He's a big physical threat, and they throw to him near the end zone. Uh, the dude, the dude's a steal right now, and uh, they have that new Rams offensive coordinator. They're trying to air the ball out more. Um, they're still fan, even though the Bengals are terrible. They're still fantasy value uh, with 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 Mixon and Boyd and uh, Tate there in that offense. Even though they're not winning, they're still fantasy value at a low cost for anybody right. that plays fantasy. Yeah, on top of that, daily fantasy. You know, I'm, I don't really have, I don't have it up in front of me right now, but you know. You have the you can get them for forty five hundred. A quick, easy way. You mean you can make ten, twenty bucks in a day. Just do the tiers. Um, pick the tier. Pick who you think's going to win the best. Simple, easy. You can change it up until the minute before the game. There, I've, I've made twenty, thirty dollars in a day just doing those ones, like little two dollar one, fifty cent ones. Just letting them all add up. Um, that's my favorite thing to do with that. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, my locks I got this week. Uh, a few we didn't hit on. San Francisco, Washington. Um, San Francisco, nine and a half point favorite. Uh, San Francisco uh, keeps rolling, stays undefeated. They're going to exceed the nine and a half, lock that one in. Buffalo, Miami, under 40. Uh, low scoring game. Cool. Miami going back to Fitz Magic. <laughs> Buffalo, uh, always going to be Buffalo. Always going to be a low scoring, gritty team. Uh, I'm going to take the under on that. And then uh, my weekly NHL lock. Uh, Thursday night <laughs> hockey, Bruins money line. Let's go, Bees. Who are they uh, playing? Tampa Bay Lightning at home. Oh. All right, Luke, uh, you got anything? I know you kind of go uh, with the flow with your locks, but anything come to mind or are you good? Uh, I'm good. Nothing comes to mind. I'm just excited for the big weekend of uh, college football. I'm going to get a good high state matchup with Northwestern on Friday. They should roll, but I think Northwestern's going to uh, I think I think high state might come out a little flat. I don't know why. I just feel like it's just one of those games at Northwestern that I think you can see a little bit of uh a little bit of shakiness from Ohio State, but they end up taking control and and, and dominating. Um and then the Michigan game Saturday night, I'm so excited for it's 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 a game that can turn the season around. This this will make or break the season. This if they lose this game, they're gonna finish with four or five losses. If they win it, uh I like yep. their chances. I agree. Uh we'll have to uh offline uh text this uh later tomorrow Friday and discuss uh viewing plans for it. Maybe catch it together uh, somewhere. I'll be Saturday morning for Atlanta, so I'll, well, I'll be there you, stopping somewhere there you in go. Washington. I'm I'm going south for the game. Then that's what that sounds like to me. <laughs> um, Bobby, any last words? I got two things. Friday night Big Ten games suck. I mean, there's I, no I doubt agree. about that. Northwestern though, uh, Northwestern Ohio State. Northwestern's wearing their gothic um, alternate uniforms, the all blacks, uh-huh. like the gold trim. And Pat Fitzgerald, I've met him a few times at different coaching clinics. One of the most down-to-earth dudes who will stand there and talk to you for 30 minutes. Um, I, I love Northwestern when they're not playing Notre Dame. Uh, I love seeing them play. I love, I love their stadium out there, that little tight feel. Um, even though, right on Lake Michigan, man, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be a closer game people are saying. I mean, Ohio State, they might be looking overlooking. Um, I think they got Wisconsin next week, and so they're probably focused, they're focused they on that game. Uh, Northwestern could sneak up and punch them in the face here. This could be reminiscent of when uh, early 2000s when Northwestern beat them out there at night. Um, so there's that. And then my second thing, I mentioned them earlier in the podcast, uh, Bush Light. No free ads. Sponsor the pod. I agree with uh-huh. that. I, they totally should. Luke, any last words? Nope, not at all. All right. Uh, thanks, fellas, for coming on. Rate, review, subscribe. Follow the show on Twitter at PodcockPCast. Uh, follow Bobby Coach Russ on Twitter, right? That's right. We're a Carson Edwards fan account now. Oh, that's you. And that's, <laughs> dude, he's that guy, though. 
Um, and Luke, uh, right underscore Lucas is his Twitter handle and Snap, Instagram. It's all pretty much the same. Yes. Get on there. Get uh, on there. Sign me up. Um, at Tyler Peacock. Um, Bobby, enjoy your bye weeks with both your teams. Uh, and uh, my last thing, go blue. Thanks for coming on, guys. Later. See ya. <laughs>